0: We're going to try and move forward a little bit in this book. <clears throat> it's not much left. It's a short little letter. We're in the third chapter. I remember chapter 2 was um, comforting them and beseeching them not to be distressed that the return of Christ was just at hand because there were some major events that had to happen first. One being that Falling away, which from the other scriptures we looked at appears to be a falling away from the truth and the faith and the love of many waxing cold. And the other is the revealing of this individual. And we looked at that fairly extensively a few weeks ago. So, don't be shaken and all that, and to stand fast and continue to serve faithfully, regardless of who comes to you and tells you something different. Stand fast in in the truth of the word. Alright? So it brings us to chapter 3 where most of the letter has been directed towards the Thessalonians and things that they needed to do um, for their own good and benefit. Now he's going to switch it over a little bit. He's going to pray for us. Paul um, and his group that are going around, they're teaching the gospel, they're... uh, not exactly having what you describe as a smooth trip. You know, Brother Gunner lost his uh, baggage right heart still they not couldn't, couldn't find a trip. Paul and Timothy were having a rough trip right Wherever they'd go they'd preach the word and they some folks would believe and be real glad and some folks would really not like it to the point where they'd rouse up mobs, draw whoever they could. To you know the magistrates, sometimes they'd be stripped off and beaten, thrown in jail. He's he's. This is not an idol. Y'all pray for us. Y'all pray for us, brethren. Right? Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. That was what they were about. They were going preaching and teaching the word, and the free course means to to run freely, right? To to move. But as they're going, the word would be delivered and not only that but that it be glorified the word of the Lord be glorified that it would be held in esteem there's really two elements to that of one in the speaker's mouth hold it high enough for steam and speak as ought to speak and the other is in the hearing if the Lord has opened up the hearts and minds when you hear it wow and that's a good thing. That's something we want. We want folks to hear the Word and to glorify the Word. This is truth. This is great. This is gospel. God gets all the credit if they do that. But that's something that we can be praying for. And then finally, he says, pre course and be glorified even as it is with you. Remember, he spent all that time in the first letter just rejoicing that their faithfulness and their love and growth in the church um, how they were following Christ was known. It was known not only in their city, it was known in their region, it was known throughout Greece that their faithfulness was known. It was being glorified. So he said, I don't have to speak anything about y'all. Y'all's actions and everything has already gone ahead of me. Even as it is with you. And so among them, from them, this church, the Word was having free course and it was being glorified. So he wants that for his efforts as well. And two, it says in that... Verse 2, "...that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not the faith." Okay, So if you are faithfully teaching the Word, and people are rejoicing in it, not everybody is going to rejoice in it. Right. If you're faithfully teaching the truth, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be adversaries. And so the prayer request isn't that there be no adversaries. It's that should be delivered from them. And that means to be drawn away, to be rescued. That means to be pulled to, to safety and that they not, what? Hinder the free course. right? Not hinder the free course of the Word. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith. Not everyone that they speak to is going to have faith and hear the Word with joy. Just not. If the Lord hasn't given them faith. It's just going to be foolishness, right? Preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. You sound like an idiot. That's okay. <laughs> and if, there, if you can remember a time in your life before you were born again, your parents drug you to church, and you sat there, and what are these people doing? Why do they all look so happy to come sit here on these hard benches and sing these same boring songs and listen to that guy yammer for an hour, and they're just all loving it? it didn't make any sense to you. And it won't <laughs> until the Lord intervenes. Right? When the Holy Spirit comes in His own perfect timing to each of His children, and then there's a change. Right? And then suddenly those things that were so boring and made no sense start to make sense. All right, So there's three, three prayer requests in these two verses. And this is something that I want each of you including myself to become diligent to pray for these. The Word may have free course, the Word may be glorified, and that we be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. So we're going to look at these concepts uh, a little bit more in depth. But that's, that's, that's my goal. This is something that I want us to be praying that the Lord would open up doors of opportunity here in Tifton. It doesn't have to be across the world. The Lord can. certainly can. Do you want to know how many times I've gone around town and someone asked where, where are you pastor of? Fairhaven. Well, where's that? Oh, this ain't a big town. Shame on us if nobody knows who we are or where we are. And that doesn't have to do with advertising. That has to do with Let's share it. All right. So the word may have free course. The first thing that I think about is that the Lord has to open up doors of opportunity or doors of entrance. You can see this concept in First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Apostle Paul. Writing the Corinthians, telling them his plans, Ephesian letters, two. He said, "I'm going to tarry there until Pentecost." First Corinthians sixteen, verses eight to nine. Why is he going to stay tarry there? For a great door, and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Right? It's kind of go hand in hand. The Lord has opened up a door, and it says it's a great door. This is not just a one-on-one individual meeting. This is a great door, a big opportunity there to speak and to teach. And not only that, it's effectual. That means active, operational. This is a good thing. This is something we can be specifically praying for. We can be praying, Lord, that you give me an opportunity to speak to an individual. Lord, you can pray that I'll give you an opportunity to speak to a whole group. And maybe you're not called to be a preacher. Maybe you haven't been called yet. don't know. But even so, you can be praying that your preacher has an opportunity to speak. I mean, some folks say, well, would you teach at a church of a different faith and order? They ask me to. You better believe I would. Was that saying you're you know, endorsing what they do? Not a bit. But if they want to come hear some truth, they might not. But if the Lord opens the door it'll be very different than if I'm forcing myself on somewhere that I'm just not supposed to be. Y'all know the Apostle Paul tried to go to a couple different spots in Asia, and the Holy Spirit shut them down. Adversaries, regardless of what I do, man can't close that door. You can see that explicitly in Revelation chapter 2. I think he's right into the church at Philippi. Revelation 2, 12. No, that's Corinthians. Revelation three seven. Excuse me. It is Philippi. Revelation three seven. Um, jump down to verse eight. I know thy works, and behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Damn, he's got an open door that he's opened up that no man can close. Right. So there'll be adversaries, and they may want you to hush. And sometimes your adversaries yourself. You know that. I can't say anything. what if what if somebody looks at me funny? What if they don't like me? I just better be quiet. I don't know enough. Shame on us if that's our excuse. So if the Lord opens up the door, no man can shut it but there may be adversaries there. So what's that first thing I want you to be praying for in the context? That the Lord would have the Word of God would have free course, that it would have this race that He would open up doors of opportunity. Now here's the scary thing. You start praying that and you mean it, He may open some up. Which comes into step two. That the word of the Lord would be glorified. To speak as we ought to speak. Y'all know that the gospel is a terribly precious, wonderful, amazing thing. And it's held very cheaply in this country. It's watered down. uh, It's flippant. Take it or leave it. Not really a conversation worth even talking about. That's not true. It's the most precious thing that you can talk about. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Again, and this is in the context of a prayer request. Paul's written to the Colossians. He's saying, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving, with all praying for us that the, that God would open unto us, he needs to open up another door here, a door of utterance. The ability to speak. Colossians 4 verse 3. To speak the mystery of Christ. Mystery just means it used to be secret. In the Old Testament it was. You now these... Uh, religious leaders when Jesus was around, they had read the Old Testament and they just did not anticipate Him looking and doing what He said He would do. That was just not at all their conception. It was a secret. But now it's been made plain, particularly in Paul's ministry, is made plain that it was broader than just the Jews. It was to the Gentiles as well. (coughs) The scope of the mystery of Christ, that I should speak it as I ought to speak. To speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. You know what it means to make it manifest? It means to reveal it, to make it plain. Lord, I need God's intervention that I can tell the truth about His Son in a plain, straightforward way. This is not about being uh, fancy. Using you know Greek words and three dollar words and just sounding ostentatious and with my verbose vernacular, just you know. Bleh. No, let me speak plainly that I can reveal the glory that is Christ's gospel. It's not my gospel; it's His. I'm a caretaker in that I get to share it, and that you get to share it. And that's part of the thing. There's a two two edged sword here. I want y'all specifically to be praying for me. That the Lord will open up doors of opportunity where I can teach and speak individuals and groups and that I can have a door of utterance here every Sunday and every other chance but also for yourselves. That you'll have opportunities to speak and to share and share good. And it doesn't have to be the whole Bible in one go. In fact, most people can't absorb that. I couldn't absorb that if you sat down and taught me the whole Bible in one go. But we should be able to talk in five or six minutes and tell the summary of the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay? And we can be praying that the Lord will open up our mouths, that door of utterance, the ability of a prayer. Who's asking them to pray? The Apostle Paul. Right? You think if he needed prayers that he'd speak as he ought to, I shall need your prayers? And you need prayers? Right? Now, often we think about prayers as being a very individual thing. I'd like to switch your mindset on that a little bit and put it in the context of more like a team sport. Go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 30. Romans 15 and verse 30 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye, it's a plural, ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Alright? Everyone he's writing to, he had not been to Rome yet, all y'all believers in Rome, strive together with me, labor together with me, pull on the same rope with me, work with me. Corinthians chapter one, you have a similar concept of this team sport. Second Corinthians one and eleven. Says, ye also helping together by prayer for us. Well, I don't have any gifts or talents. That's not true. That's right. That's not true. Well, all I can do is pray for them. That's a big thing that is a big thing. Well, I, I, I don't have much money. Okay. Some of the best members of a church team, if you want to think of it that way, yep. you may consider, well, they're just bench warmers. Well, they may be the prayer warriors who have got that time in their life where they can be serious and diligent about prayer. You know, guess what? We all have time that we can make for it. But it's not a useless endeavor. It's not a cheap thing. It's not a throwaway thing. It's all, like, I can't do anything else while I just pray. No, pray is the first thing. You're going to the one who can actually solve the problem. We can offer band-aids all day long. But the Lord can actually deal with things. I could try to go out there and open up doors of opportunity, but if I'm the only one to open them and the Lord's not involved, it's going to be a sorry experience for all parties involved. He also helping together by prayer for us. All right? Y'all can help. We can help each other by praying together. It's a team sport. And praying for the same thing. So that's what I'm really going to be harping on this. That we need to be praying that the Lord will open up doors of opportunity. You know, brother did that. i say, i like to come to India. I'm just thinking, how much is that plane ticket? About <laughs> no, $1,700. Um, And that would be fine if the Lord directs me there. Okay. But I don't have to go that far. There are 40,000 people in Tiff County and the ones I spoke to this far ain't never heard of (laughs) us. So I've got a field that's wide under harvest right here. And y'all do too. So praying that the Lord will have the Word will have free course. Praying that the Lord will open up a door of entrance And it'll open up another door, a door of utterance, um, to speak as we ought to speak. And you can see this in the context of another prayer back in Acts chapter 5, when the apostles had been persecuted and gotten out of jail. They went home and they started praying to the Lord, saying, Behold their threatenings, this is Acts 5 and 29, and grant unto thy servants, this is their request, they're actively playing right now, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness and opposition away, So we have freedom and no one's going to mess with us. And Lord, grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they'll speak anyway. And you know what? The Lord answered that. Like two verses later, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they prayed for a bold tongue. And the boldness boldness we're talking about just means to be blunt. What do you want? What are you trying to say? Just tell me plainly. We should plainly declare the good news of Jesus Christ that He's a victorious Savior. That his father sent him, and he obeyed, right? And then one day, he's going to come back. And he's going to take his children to be with him. And then it just gets better, right? Got something to say. And we should have boldness. Boldness to speak. Now, the Apostle Paul, you know, he'd been criticized that, you know, he wasn't a really good speaker, Right? He's got strong letters, but in, in person he wasn't that great of a talker. Um, now whether that's true or not, I don't know. Folks criticize you either way, but I do know that he asked for prayers that he'd speak as he ought to speak, that he'd have a door of utterance. And also in Ephesians chapter 6, 19 and 20, he's asking for prayers again. So this is the third context of prayers and for me, so he's saying uh, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So you're praying, you're praying all the time, you're praying for everybody, and then specifically, and for me, praying for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Y'all, we ought to speak boldly about the mysteries of Christ. We like to talk about... Remember that from Acts chapter 16 when Apostle Paul was in Philippi. It wasn't a synagogue there. There wasn't a large enough Jewish population to support a synagogue and they're you know, going down to the river where prayer was known to be made. And they run into Lydia. And she attended unto the things that they said. You know why she attended unto the things she, they, she, they said? Because the Lord had already opened up her heart. So it says in Acts chapter 16 and verse 14. Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, who worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of, of Paul. Right? The Lord had opened the heart. So when these doors of opportunity come, we don't have an open heart. Our heart is closed. We don't have open ears. We don't have spiritual ears. That's why Jesus would say over and over again, let him that have ears to hear, let him hear. That means the message is being given, and he's not talking to them. Okay? Okay. If you see back in Acts chapter thirteen and forty-eight, you know the word of God. We want it to be glorified. We want it to be received by those that are hearing. We need the Lord's intervention in that. Acts chapter thirteen and verse forty-eight was was this? The this is that the gospel applies to the Gentiles, and we're glad. What response do we want to have when you declare uh, the truth of Jesus Christ? To be glad. We want them to be glad. They were glad and what? They glorified the word of the Lord. They held this word, this truth, not as the word of men, but as the word of God. They held it in high esteem. They praised God for it. They glorified Him. The word of the Lord was glorified. They were glad and glorified. And who were doing that? As many as were ordained to eternal life believed. It's God's children. It's the ones that He elected. He ordained them to eternal life. They're the ones that are going to believe. We need him involved in opening up those hearts and opening up those ears, ready to hear. And we want the word to be glorified. All right? We Remember back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he talked about how these Thessalonians responded when he brought the word to them. Right? They were eye worshippers. Before he got there, they were worshiping I Not to you in word only. Not just the, the words of men and the wisdom of men. It came in manner of men. We were among you for your sake. The word in much affliction. Remember the opposition? Receive the word in much affliction, but still with joy. Why? Joy of the Holy Ghost. So that you are examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. That's a wide region. And from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only from Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything... For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. There was a way you were living before, and it's not now. You left that behind, and now you're serving the true and living God, and you're doing what? You're waiting for His Son, because He's coming back. And wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. All right? So when he says over here in 2 Corinthians 3 that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, that's an example of the word of the Lord having free course in that area and being glorified. midst of opposition, and then they follow after it. Not just, oh, well, that's nice, and then they go continuing whatever they were doing before. Pray that the word will be glorified both in how we speak and how it's received all right those are both very very positive right we like to think about those things right? there's also the third one and that's that we may be delivered from unreasonable and that unreasonable means uh, injurious or improper, harmful and wicked which means hurtful evil in their effect or influence unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith there will be those that if you are speaking the truth, they will hate you. Hmm? Man who's dead and trespassed. Word of God says that. And if you're not better than your master, is the servant better than his master? Now, Could the servant expect better treatment than his master received? What happened to your master? He was hated. There was multiple plots. And eventually, when the Lord's timing was just right, the Lord allowed Himself to be slain because they hated Him. And they thought they were doing the Lord's work. That's the irony of it all. And so if you're faithfully teaching, you will be hated. You will be disliked. You will not be popular with the world. That's okay. It is better to stand and fall before God And do what He says and try to please Him to the best of your ability than to try to have any accolades of men. One's enduring. The other's going to go away. That we may be delivered. That we may have the escape to be drawn away from the unrighteous, the wicked, those that don't have faith. Remember back in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 8 and 9. How did that that end? They had that great door opened. Great and effectual. And there are many against the adversaries. Some of those adversaries are going to be outside the church and trying to the pastor, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. right, Standing for the truth. Not deviating, not changing it. That he may be able by sounding unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. It's describing the locals there where Titus is at in Crete. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So part of that job is to stand up to the adversaries to make sure that the sheep that are under your care are not led astray by that false teaching. We need prayer that the Lord will deliver us from unreasonable and wicked men. Now sometimes he does that in a very miraculous and powerful, uh, visible way. And you can see that over in uh, Acts chapter 5, which we referenced uh, earlier, where the apostles were teaching and preaching and they got thrown in jail for it. Um but you know what? The Lord in verse nineteen, the angel of the Lord, Acts five nineteen, the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors. Talk about doors, we you know doors of opportunity, doors of utterance. Well, here's a door of escape. Here's a door of release. He opened up a door, um the door of the prison and brought them forth. And what do he say? Y'all go hide. Y'all head for the hills. <laughs> He said, go and stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Right? Go back to that place that you were arrested from where they're absolutely sure to see you again and continue doing what I told you to do, which was to preach in spite of the opposition. So they delivered them. And then you know, they're going to arrest them again, draw them before the council, and um, they'll threaten them and beat them and send them on their way. Verse 40, um, they commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name and daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Christ Jesus Jesus Christ right? they continued the Lord in that case didn't take away the opposition right he didn't silence them he said oh well I guess y'all will be okay no they threatened them they put them in jail the Lord let them out they continued to do what they're supposed to they gathered them again and threatened them you need to stop and they didn't <laughs> They continued on in spite. And so the combination of having these open doors, there will be adversaries. And we need to speak boldly in spite of adversaries, and we need to not be fearful of what they may happen to us. I mean, Jesus said to not fear man, because the worst thing they can do is kill you. And that's it. Rather, we need to hold God in higher esteem, right? He can, he can kill us and then cast us into hell, right? Where does our um, fear need to lie? So he opened up that door, the door of the prison. That's not the only time he opened up literally a prison door. Another time would be over in Acts chapter 12. Um, so back, back story is that Herod um, had started to persecute the church. And he saw that it was politically popular. And so he killed James, um, the brother of John, with a sword. Or had him executed. And we saw, him, oh, that pleased the Jews. This is getting some you know, political brownie points. heard from these unreasonable and wicked men. And so the Lord brought up sending an angel... Um, and a light, a light it was at night time a light shined in the prison and smacked Peter on thy on sandals get dressed come on we're leaving and he did so and he said unto him too that it was true which was done by the angel but thought that he saw a vision he thought he was still in jail just kind of having a vision and he was being shown something but they went out the first ward he wasn't just anywhere he was inside the inside of the prison they went out the first ward then out the second ward and then they came to the iron gates of the whole prison complex that then lets you back out into the city. And when it opened up on its own accord, you got this big iron gate. I don't know exactly what it looked like, but you can imagine um, you know, a heavy iron gate. It's just, no one's there. It's just, like a garage door opening. First garage door opening, right? <laughs> the Lord has opened up a door of deliverance. He was not done with this man. He was not going to let him be killed. He was not going to allow him to stay there in prison. He had work to do, and so the Lord was letting him out. So he would go do it. He winds up going back to the folks where all they're praying in one mind and one spirit, praying the Lord will deliver him. I didn't believe he would deliver him, but delivered him. Poor girl who answers the door, think, they think she's out of her mind. And says, Peter's here. It's like, no, you're crazy. So finally they, you know, went and let him in, and he told him what had happened, and then he went on his way. All right? So there's another time when the Lord literally opened up a door. Um, you know, over in, it was Philippi again, right? Where the, the jailer, they're singing and praising and, there's an earthquake and the door's open the jailer's going to you know, kill himself he didn't, they didn't leave that time but the Lord had opened up a door of opportunity and they preached the word unto him and the word was glorified Apostle Paul is not going to be killed by you and they're trying to get him on the road and the Lord you know, defeated that in multiple different ways one by using a nephew, Paul's nephew he overheard him talking, he went and go told the centurion and so they made arrangements for him to have this big armed guard um, of soldiers to get him out of town the Lord delivered him from those men. Um, there was later an Ephes, a riot at Ephesus, right? And the silversmiths were very upset. Um, they're preaching this truth, and you know what this truth is doing? It was hurting their pocketbooks. And it's fine for you to have your religion, but don't you hurt my stream of income. Because the silversmiths, you know what they made? Idols. If folks don't worship idols, folks don't buy idols. If folks don't buy idols, I don't have anyone to sell my idols to. And Ephesus was known for their idols, particularly to Diana. Right? And she's whew, she was she was the lady, lady. They had this great, you know, it's one of like the seven wonders of the ancient world. Their dining was later wiped out by an earthquake, and I just kind of like that. Um, but they had this whole riot. You know what? They couldn't find Paul, so they grabbed someone else. And Paul tried to go into the forum where they're all having their shouting match, and they shouted for like two hours. Some folks didn't even know why we were there, but you know, mob kind of mentality. They're just, yeah, raise the prince, you know, Goddess Diana of the Ephesians, and they're going on for a couple hours until the clerk finally settles them down. But Paul tried to go in, and you know, his friends were like, No, you you don't need to go in there. And, um, but the Lord spared them from, you know, being pulled apart by this mob, and the magistrate wound up sending them on home. Um same thing at Thessalonica, right? That they wanted to find Paul. Even there, the Lord didn't let them find Paul. They found uh, Stephen or someone else who was there who had been hosting them, and they dragged them to you know, the magistrate. <laughs> and so over and over and over again, the Lord continued to deliver them from these unreasonable men. They, the unreasonable men continued to exist, and there was harm done, but he continued to deliver them so that he could continue on his mission uh, and continue to preach and teach and to... All right, and so part of what we are praying for is that we'll be, you know, delivered from these unreasonable and wicked men. Is that in spite of that, we'll stand fast; that we won't cave; that we won't turn tail; we won't get quiet; we won't get bashful. um, But we'll boldly, as we ought to speak, proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, and that it's higher than every other name. Right? in In our culture, if you go to you know any kind of college campus, they don't have a problem with you praying. As long as you kind of pray a generic prayer that goes to you know the God or a God or something, but if you start talking specifically about Jesus and Jesus being the God, and that you're going to have problems, right? It's that being specific and standing fast for His truth. For, and Philippians 1 verse 27 says, "Only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ. To whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye." Stand fast, in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident, but to you of salvation, and that of God. For unto you it is given on the path of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict Which you, okay closer you are to the truth the more adversaries you're likely to have and that's okay because that's God's design that you get the privilege to suffer for his kingdom that's the pattern for what your master did he suffered you can't suffer in that same magnitude but we don't have to be fearful of it and yet it's all this team sport idea of one mind striving together standing fast in one spirit for the faith of the gospel that's how he designed his church it is a mutual encouragement Lift up one another to heal that which is broken, and to um, strengthen the weakened knees. And that can be your own. That can be someone around you. Making straight path with your feet, that those that that which is lame is not turned out the way. Remember that from Hebrews. That if we're standing fast in that that right path, and those that are coming along behind us or with us can be strengthened and healed as well. We're working together. All right, and you see again over in Second Timothy three and twelve, the idea that there is. Um, going to be trouble. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yea, and all is going to happen. He shall save his people. We like that one. That's very good. Jesus is going to save his people. There's no doubt about it. Well, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. That's another truth. It's another shall. So we can expect it in wicked men. All right. So, Is prayer important? Absolutely. Is it important that we be praying together for common things and for Christ's glory? Yes. We can strive together. And that's not in conflict. That's all working together. That's teamwork. That's moving the oars in the same way. You think about the big, you know, galley ships. Right? Sure. And then we can move forward and together and encourage one another. So it's important. Not just in theory, <laughs> but in reality. Not off way off some other land. That's fine. The Lord sends us there. He can. But here and now, praying that the Lord will open up <coughs> doors of opportunity to speak. And that we'll have discernment to recognize it and recognize ones where it's not Him. Because just because an opportunity comes does not mean it's from the Lord. I right? think that the term of a job. Well, I've got this job. it's got the opportunity to make more money than I'm ever going to make. And I've got to travel every weekend and I've got to live somewhere that there's no church and that you can think of all the various things that make it clear that this is not a place where you're going to be able to serve the Lord. But it's more money than I can ever think. So that must be from the Lord. No. Not every opportunity is from the Lord but we need to be praying that the Lord will open up those opportunities to speak and then we'll discern the ones that are His. And when we do, <laughs> be praying the Lord will be opening our mouths. Now if we are uh, things that are on the fringe, I'm talking about what He did for you and for your soul and what you were before and the life that you lived and then how He opened your eyes and you saw yourself and it wasn't pretty. And you needed a Savior. And everyone's experiences is different. And actually at the Aikens I'd like to hear y'all's experiences about when the Lord touched you and what happened in your life and that we can be reminded, remind ourselves, selves, because sometimes we can be hardened to that. I mean, y'all remember when you first uh, started dating, you first got married, you're very gushy about your spouse, right? That's a technical term, gushy. You look at you have your love eyes. It was just... What would you want to talk about? Them. (laughs) Where would you want to spend your time? Wherever they were. (laughs) Right? When the the Lord first revealed Himself to you, it was the same thing. You wanted to talk about Him. You wanted to be where He is. You know, when two or three are are gathered together, there I am in the midst of them. Do you know why we come and gather? Because the Lord's here. When you're singing these songs of praise to Him, it's not to someone far off. He's here. Well, oh, that should convict you if you're just kind of mumbling through the words and not really thinking about it and wondering about dinner. And... We're here to praise Him now. and He's here. And He's the leader of this church. He walks among His candlesticks. The point was made yesterday about the Lord being in the midst of the churches. He's here. He's your first love. What's the first commandment? To love the Lord thy, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, mind, everything you got. And Jesus is God. And the second one is to love thy neighbor as yourself. How do you know that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ? That you that you love His. We're a collection of sinners. One day we'll be able to love each other perfectly, because <laughs> all the warts and stuff will have been shaved off. Right? Give him my cell phone number. Go <laughs> <Come> ahead. <laughs> This should be core of our lives, not fringy. The sharing of the gospel, bragging on our God, learning about Him for ourselves, and teaching others. Someone said yesterday at the meeting that we should be the happiest people on the planet, Amen. and we, rather than the real and the permanent. Now we've got the truth that your salvation is secure. You don't have to lay your head down at night and wonder, was it enough? Or did I mess up today? And there is such a peace and comfort. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Dwell in that comfort! We're focusing on the wrong things. And those, I'll tell you an extra prayer. My back hasn't hurt the whole time I've been up here. <laughs> I don't know if that will continue when I'm done. But the Lord's already answered prayers. Why? Because I'm about His business. And if He's not involved in this, y'all, that's going to be a sorry day. And y'all know it. And I know it when I'm up here by myself. We should be happy people. And so, my happy brothers and sisters, be praying with me that the Lord will open up doors of opportunity here and wherever else He wants for us individually and for me individually, and that when those doors open, one, we recognize it, and two, we have a boldness to speak, and that the Lord will have those hearts and minds open, with ears ready to receive, and that the Word of God will be glorified, and that we'll continue to do it regardless of any opposition." Sometimes we get excited about something, and then two or three times we get a little road bumps and bumps our noses, and we don't like it very much, and so we stop. Right? Continue on. Expect the bump noses. Continue on. Stand fast for the word. You got something to be excited about. I thank y'all. And I thank the Lord. He is good. I have no relaxing like singing